season two, episode one. The show must go on, probably. Welcome to Starting Now, a Barry podcast presented by CinemaSins. This is Starting Now, the Barry podcast with Chris Atkinson. Uh, Barrett Cher. Hello. And Mike Hester. Hey, everybody. As we talk here, this is the season that has just completed in our uh, our actual timeline. Yeah. Uh, see, uh, season two, episode one, we were left with the cliffhanger. Well, sort of. It was an ambiguous type of thing, and they consciously made a decision not to tell you what happened with Janice Moss. Right. Mm -hmm. She's either dead or she's not. She's Schrodinger's Moss. Yeah. <laughs> she totally is and i love it, 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 I love like, it. like we said in in the previous season when i first watched that she's totally dead like mm -hmm. like you know there's there's no question about it but then once you think about it almost all these deaths if not every death is shown on screen right right the the only times that we've been faked out is like when uh the russian guy or the chechen guy is coming at uh fuchs with the 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 saw well, and you're and like oh he's screen. dead it's off screen but he's not dead you know and so once you think about this and i didn't watch this in real time but i could see myself like really looking forward to this even more over the the the, the break before season two thinking like Maybe she's not. Maybe she's mm -hmm. not. And it's great the way that they brought that out with the characters where each one is not really sure. Certainly, Jean is hoping that yeah. there is something there. She could be out there. She could be cold or, 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 or whatever. And that ambiguity, um, which uh, in the extra parts that Bill Hader was talking about, he said they had they had all those questions as the screenwriters mm. and they just uh, they put that into the characters' voices. And I thought that was pretty good idea and it works really well and i'm like you when i went through the first time i thought she was dead for sure but when you go back and rewatch episode eight of season one it it is shown from the perspective of sally in the bedrooms and all you you hear the muffled gunshots and you see the 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 fire outside the gunfire outside I'm not sure if that's how it actually works, but it's kind of like <laughs> no, no, no. There's there's definitely like a flash. Yeah, there's yeah, like yeah. a flash. It's like do guns do that? I guess they do. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, so you only see it from Sally's perspective. So anything could have happened. Yeah, and you and you can let your imagination run wild at that point. Season two, episode one starts off with Fuchs back in Cleveland. We actually see. Um, love this. Yeah, we actually see a guy who we're supposed to think is Barry, but I think we know it's not yeah. like almost immediately. He's knocking on this old, like, you know, run down apartment door. It has like a Cleveland Indian sticker yeah. that's been there for 20 or 30 years, probably. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I and, and I think it's funny. I think it's I think it's one of those where it's so worn down that they didn't have to pay any rights, probably. To, <laughs> probably to, not. To put that logo uh, on there. Uh, but it's a good, effective way to show that they're back in Cleveland and everything. Uh, it, the guy opens the door and he's like complaining to the dude about the television, uh -huh. like you know, like you know, I guess you're doing this to be passive aggressive again or whatever. <laughs> and the and the guy keeps like opening it and then, then kind of closing it and then opening it. And the guy's just standing there Some waiting the for him uh -huh. to face him. Uh -huh. He wants him to face him, I guess. <laughs> and then finally he turns and the guy shoots him. And uh, we he goes in. There's another guy in there. And then it's like he's like he holds the gun like right at him and then just completely. 
completely misses. <laughs> just misses. Yeah. Uh huh. And then then gets him a couple. Gets finally gets him a couple uh, shots, and he's got he's dead. They go to the he goes to the safe. And the safe uh, doesn't open when he puts the combination in, so then he tries to, to shoot, shoot it, it. <laughs> and uh, the the bullet ricochets and hits him in the leg, <laughs> and uh, and so this is when it takes us back to Fuchs, who has definitely misled the the guy who who has uh, started this transaction and everything. He just wants whatever's out of the safe, uh, and uh, and Fuchs is like, "Yeah, well, whoever's in that apartment's dead now." He's like, "What?" <laughs> um, and uh and that that dude shows back up with helicopters and cops are <laughs> all like converging and then uh and they opens the door and he's like you gave us the wrong combination and the guy's like you didn't even get what's out of the safe <laughs> <laughs> and that leads to this madcap craziness where the guy the the guy that fuchs has hired or like has under his wing now just completely gets blown away uh, and the dude that, that hired him jumps out the window, out the window. <laughs> this, is, this is such a brilliant sequence and again uh, this is hero mirai uh, yeah. who films the action so kinetically and i get i don't know if it's a one shot but it's it's very smooth like following him into the apartment and then showing you the perspective from the shooter essentially mm. and then you know him walking out the door and just getting fucking killed mm -hmm. so easily. <laughs> i mean this is and this is the cold open this is before the credits yeah. even roll yeah it's so brilliant this yeah. this absolutely takes you by surprise it really shows again how much fuchs relies on barry he's nothing without barry he doesn't know who he doesn't how's he gonna find somebody else he doesn't know where to get them he has this this guy he's just found and he's like assuming in his head everything's gonna be fine he's probably it's, you know Whoever this this guy is, he's probably some ex-military or something, but he's he's no Barry, obviously. Yeah, and then things just go completely wrong. So for Fuchs, if he wants to do this, he has to have Barry. Mm -hmm. He has to. Mm -hmm. How long has this been? Do do we know how long it's been from the end of season one until now? I mean, it, I think it's almost the same, like uh, like a like a couple of months or something. Okay. Because, something. It's not long. Yeah, it can't be long because the investigation. We we get to this later, but it, the inve investigation is sort of wrapped up. They don't yeah. they're not looking for Janice anymore. Mm -hmm. They they've decided not to devote resources to searching the the woods for some reason. Yeah, for a detective. Yeah. I don't it's I don't get that. Uh, but uh, convenient. Yeah, but, mm. it's very convenient. Um, but uh, and also at the in episode eight they were rehearsing the show and now they're about to put on the show they're doing that front page thing that they were talking about at the at the very end of the of season one and that but before we get into them uh, actually rehearsing that and everything that what this leads to for fuchs is he's arrested hmm. and the the they're gonna try to get some dna from him and he stupidly like just <laughs> is like he's like he, he first he's like i'm not going to willingly give you my dna because i believe in the court system and all that and then he just touches this coke can mm. and, and drinks, drinks out, of, out it, of, yeah. of it and then he's like i'm not going to give it to you and then they just go over and pick up the can you see him in the background drop Which it in totally a bag illegal, yeah. By the way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah but again incredibly well shot how oh, they got yeah. all that just the one camera with the focus another hero <laughs> mirai thing yeah yeah, yeah. um so we after this we do get to Barry and we get to the class and he is gung ho. He thinks now that Janice is out of the way, 
there's no feelings involved here. Uh, Gene doesn't, it, you know, he's not going to mourn this. He's going to want to go back and do his acting class. Mm. As he says later, like teaching is his life is yeah. what Barry says. And, uh, and he doesn't realize this and he just thinks, okay, every, now that I've gotten rid of that loose end, we can just go ahead and do this front page and know it and everybody will be on board with us. But everybody is still kind of like stunned that yeah. they all believe that she's dead. And there's a, this whole thread of like people saying Barry doesn't understand what's going on when he's the only person. Yeah. Who but knows? The, that big thing is that because the investigation is ended, Gene has like had a mental breakdown or, mm -hmm. or something. And the class is just totally affected by that. Boy, they're all so affected by Gene. They're just mm -hmm. when something happens to him, it happens to all of them. And he has had this mental breakdown and they can't go on. Nobody else can direct the play so but yeah. man barry wants it to go on. he does and and his character whatever span of time it's been has really changed he's outgoing he's he's really you know trying to he, he actually offers to direct and all that stuff yeah. and like he's really engaged in this process i don't know if we see him acting in this i think there's a brief snippet where like he he does some lines from the play and he seems like a completely different person mm -hmm. and i guess yeah. we we saw a snippet of that when he was running lines at the end of episode eight of season one, where he had just kind of morphed into this like casual, like regular person. Mm -hmm. And, and here he's expanded on that. And it's, it's interesting to see, you know, the, the character growth from like episode seven of the first season until now, where he's just, he, he looks like an actor. He moves like an actor. So yeah, he's taking charge in, in light of everybody being, I, I do like how they keep throwing these little, uh, you know, these ego threads for all these actors. Yeah. Like, Jermaine guys like, Oh, I think he was upset about my performance. <laughs> yes. I and, love that. And like, dude, don't you remember him saying Janice? Oh my God, Janice and all that. Uh -huh. And she goes, I still think it was my performance. Uh -huh. <laughs> um, but yes, he is, he's volunteered to like direct these people and everything. And we start to see, uh, the beginning of maybe the lightest bit of a rift between he and Sally coming up. Mm. And we don't know if it's going to happen in this season, but they're definitely laying the groundwork for it already at the beginning because she's basically thinking that he's put up a wall and that, you know, he's not, uh, he's not, uh, you know, I guess, yeah, he, I guess he's just not being vulnerable or, you know, whatever. And, uh, and we're hearing that she's got all these different things that she's doing with Gersh and we get to this, we get to a, li a little bit more later on, but, uh, we're, we're starting to see some things where sh her career is like started to kind of take off. Not, mm. not much, but, but you can see that there's all the, the time that she's spending on this is going to start infringing on them being together. Uh, in any meaningful way and really separating her from the class as well mm -hmm. where now she is uh, you know actually booking work some and that that comes into play a little bit later on uh because no 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 one else is and she's uh happy about th that but not thrilled about that it's almost that, that, weird that she's taking the class still right yeah, yeah. she's yeah, getting yeah. like she's getting management and she's getting pilots and stuff like that we see in the next episode yeah but like you know why is she still doing this i guess it's just out of loyalty mm -hmm. yeah Kusino. yeah i think she really 
it's more of loyalty. I think she needs that. I think she needs him because she really is hanging on to him. And he, we've seen in the first season, we see more in this season, he does bring something out of her. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Totally. And he, where he is actually a good coach. It's with, the scenes are with her because she's actually teachable yeah, <laughs> yeah, like no some of these yeah. guys who just go up there and just perform <laughs> and, and they're so oh, bad they're at it. Awful. <laughs> i uh, love watching yeah. that shit i, I know too. it's so good um they leave this whole thing with him directing the show somewhat open-ended they the next uh, the next scene is noho hank and what he's up to he's writing to this guy batir and uh and uh telling him oh what a great what a great situation it is that they've teamed up with the Bolivians. And basically it's like, they love stealing cargo and we love repackaging it. <laughs> uh-huh. That's pretty much the job. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, he's going over all this saying, man, we're having, we have a great team here. Uh, Cristobal is still, um, is still teaching from all these books and stuff. And he, they're calling him Tony Robbins and stuff <laughs> yeah, like that. Yeah. And there's uh-huh. like even a scene where he's like basically on a stage mm. in front of this, like uh, something, some sort of thing. And, and you see Noho Hank with that mind blown yes. thing. Like, <laughs> it's like, he's a, this is how you can do stuff with and be nice at the same uh-huh. time and everything. And, uh, and, and he even mentions in the letter, like we're going to be better than those Burmese guys, <laughs> Burmese gangsters and everything we're setting this up perfectly and i love this i love the way this is done one of the uh, henchmen comes in and says yeah cristobal wants to talk to you and he's like all right and at the same time he he sends that email off you hear the little yeah. airplane <laughs> noise at the same time he's like all right and uh guess what <laughs> esther the burmese the head of the burmese gangsters is uh talking to cristobal and is a big threat to noho hank yeah that's a great character it's a it's a little bit of a one note character throughout her arc mm-hmm. but like when you, you when you first yeah when you yeah. first see her it's almost like taylor right like it's yeah. it's what you need when you first see her you don't know if it's a male or female right mm-hmm. and you don't really know what her involvement is and then her introduction <laughs> with the knife yeah is crazy. some of the craziest shit I've oh ever seen. yeah i know <laughs> i know so the 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 idea is that I'm 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 sorry. I, I hate. I'm sorry to cut you off, but they're just like laughing, and no who's just like, oh, so we're laughing about this. this yeah. okay. <laughs> There's <laughs> no blood coming no out. Blood. There's nothing. Like, how in the world is this even possible? <laughs> they're just like, ha, 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 ha. Yeah. how could we not want this? Yeah. <laughs> the whole the whole the whole thing is is that, uh, and we find out at the very beginning of the next episode the exact method, but really her uh, her her business is getting people from Burma into this, into this monastery under religious freedom. So no one asks, asks any questions. Um, she can, uh, smuggle guns and drugs and all that through this monastery and naturalize the people that she's, that she sent over. Mm. And, uh, and so the crystal ball likes the idea of teaming up because of the idea that no one will have to go to war. We can all make money. And, uh, and he brings up something from some, Another self-help another book. self-help book. Yeah. If we all work together, the, the what the pie is so big or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Saying something about like no two countries with 
the McDonald's yes. have ever gone to war. <laughs> yes. Oh, it's uh, Thomas Friedman. That's yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> Thomas Friedman. And they're like, have you read the book? And Noho Hank is like, uh, you've given me a bunch of books. Uh, I've not had a time to read that book. And Esther's like, you need to get time to read that book. <laughs> um, so, yeah, they, they have that set up. And right after that, uh, Batir calls Hank. He calls him. And uh, says, you know, you um, you were supposed to kill the Bolivians, not team up with them. So now you're you're on notice. Mm-hmm. Um, now, did the I think the package with the bullet comes in first, yeah. then the then the call. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and, they're timing it just like they did with the Bolivians, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, oh, I love that bullet idea. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so he, so just like in season one, except this time sent to him, Noho Hank <laughs> has a bullet sent to him through a package. And uh, then he gets called and says, you know, you were supposed to kill them, not team up with them. So um, so now Noho Hank's uh, plot is pretty clear. He doesn't want to tell them that it's Barry because he likes Barry. Mm. Uh, but he's got this threat that he wants to get out of the way. So uh, he he's able to have leverage on Barry and he's able to maybe get Esther out of the way in all the same Sure. The, the yeah, same, it makes perfect same sense. deal. If he can get, he can tell Barry like, "Hey, you know, Chechens are coming. Uh, they're going to kill you because they. If I tell them that you're the one that killed Goron, um, then you know, if, if as long as I don't tell them that, why don't you go ahead and kill Esther because she's in the way now and all that." And he tells him in the most hilarious format. At Lululemon. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Barry has a job now working with what's her name? Sm- Sasha. 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 Yeah. Uh, at Lululemon, uh-huh. and he's got this fully realized life. He's got pretty much what he always wanted, mm-hmm. right? He's yeah. doing the acting class. He's starring in the the production. He's directing it, and he's got like a day job uh, working at Lululemon that he seems to be good at, right? Mm-hmm. Like he seems to be interacting and everything. And then Noho Hank comes in with the most absurd fucking wig yeah. that you've uh-huh. ever seen in your entire <laughs> life, and and holds loving up loving it too. Uh-huh. He's like, ah, it's it's me, uh-huh. Hank, in a wig. Uh-huh. <laughs> he holds up, he holds up the woman's shorts. Is like, do you have this? <laughs> you have this in size <laughs> medium. <laughs> size medium. <laughs> Those are women's shorts. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's so great. Well, so, yeah. But then I love. So then they go into the conversation where he's he wants them to to go and do this hit on esther and he says no and calls him a fucking idiot it makes you wonder if if they've had any contact since I, the events of the, I the last season that, i don't probably think so. not there's this is no be reason first time right yeah, yeah there's no reason to have contact up until until hank gets into his situation mm. that he's in um but yes tell tells him he's a tells him he's a fucking idiot and and uh and you know leaves that uh a little leaves a uh, thread hanging there um meanwhile we're also um we go back to the the scene of the crime and everything and and um kuznow is uh really in bad shape yeah in really bad shape he's as usual (laughs) yeah yeah but i think this time it's for real like he's uh, this is this is serious because he's actually contemplating suicide yeah um he is uh he's got a he's got it now it's an interesting thing they still manage to kind of like find a way to make this i don't know amusing in some way 
because uh, it's a prop gun from a movie called Flashpoint, and it was given to him by his roommate, Rip Torn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Such a fucking small detail. Uh, yeah. But he, dropped in there. But he has to put it in. Has yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. In, in, in the investigators, we now have a new investigator. Her name is May. Mm. Uh Played by a great, like I think she's a, a a pretty funny comedian. I think it's Sarah Burns is her name. Um, yeah, Sarah Burns uh, has that moment where she's like looking in there, and she's like looking at his uh, photos, and is like, "Is this Corbin Burnson?" <laughs> yeah. And he goes, "No, it's Ronnie Cox." And Ronnie <laughs> Cox is the guy, the old the old guy in RoboCop. <laughs> wow! Uh, uh, I, I I think let me let me make, yeah it is it's, it's the it's the main guy it's the main like boss man in RoboCop <laughs> and he has a picture of him up on the mantle <laughs> yeah um and uh, so they've basically told him look we don't have any leads we don't know we don't have cell phone records credit card records anything she's just disappeared off the face of the earth we think she's probably dead um so and yet again barry is just walked in and he's standing right there getting to hear all of this yeah. and knowing that that they're not even going to search the woods or anything so he's kind of they off. don't even search the woods right they don't even search the it, woods so that's mm-hmm. what they we say find yeah. out later that the car mm-hmm. is not that far away yeah so like why yeah just what you were saying like this is a fucking lapd detective mm-hmm. and you're not gonna like I understand it's vast and everything, but like a perimeter? Really, the only thing that I can think of here is if Loach has already decided in his head, which is not possible because he doesn't have this knowledge yet, by the way. He doesn't get this knowledge until the very end of this episode about Barry. Yeah. Um, They really are, um, you see in the first season how, the word isn't gullible, but it's something like that. When... The cops get some piece of evidence that points one direction. They are certain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And again, in this, they, what do they think? They, th- well, they we can't find anything. Do we need to do, do the search? No, there's just nothing here. Mm-hmm. We are certain. Yeah, th- that that's done. So they they, uh, it's almost like the cops are a character, and they make bad decisions and decide that you know Ryan Madison is leader of a crime syndicate. Mm-hmm. When, when he was, you know, just some failed actor. So, <laughs> which I, I like that dynamic and it, it continues to come into play into this to where they can be manipulated. Sure. Yeah. And in, in movies and TV, you're typically seen or shown that the, the police is dogged and infallible and they're going to find their man. And in this show, it's like, all right, they're going to find a narrative and they're going to stick with it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And it works plot wise. And, and that might be more true to life. It may be. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I have no clue. It's not but all it may CSI, be. like, dude, uh, you know, well, I, we, we solved the case. I'm yes, just saying. We did I can see, though, I can see that being a thing, though, if it's just some rando. But this is one of their detective yeah. boss friend. Yeah. Uh, that's the one thing about this that I think is, is uh, a little bit too, you know, yada yada yeah. there. Like, well, no need for that <laughs> yeah. and then just and then just allow the other part of the plot to get them back into this which is the fact that fuchs's dna is now on record and they found the tooth at the garage where goron was killed and uh, this connects so many things and eventually loach finds out he's connected to barry block aka barry berkman mm-hmm. um this might be a good point to sort of drop in something I felt in this episode and, and as we go along in this season. So they're definitely putting a, 
a puzzle together. And, and you hear this when you when you read Bill Hader interviews or do the, you know, inside the episode stuff at the end where they're taking, you know, we have this puzzle piece, we want this to happen and this to happen and this to happen and this to happen. And in order for that to happen, this needs to happen. And I think there may be more in this season than season one, because I think season one is nearly perfect television. Um, and I still, I, I love season two, but there are moments like this where it's kind of yada yada, mm. where it's kind of like, well, we need this to happen, so they just didn't search the woods. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. like, oh, okay, and we need Barry to hear this, so he just happens to be there while they're talking. About It'd have it. been nice. I didn't really have to do much though to make this. They could have told him. They could have said we searched the woods and didn't find it. Right, and yeah. Barry just put it in a good place. Yeah, yeah. I don't. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. <laughs> I just I agree. don't know why that's hard. I agree. Like, uh, I mean. Uh, just to say that they went out there and, and they, you know, they did the thing where there's like, you know, 500 people all walking in a line yeah, yeah, and yeah. all that, uh-huh. doing all that. Well, I don't, I, you know, there's, oh, we just didn't find it. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, while I'm watching this, I'm watching the third season of True Detective where they just had, I don't know if you guys have seen I've that. seen the first episode of the third season, but I haven't, I have, it was a long time ago. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. And then like in this the first or second episode they have the main cop is is walking through the woods you know and they're like dozens of people and they get the entire town to come out and search the woods and all mm-hmm. and then i flip over to barry and they're like <laughs> it's, a dead, <laughs> it's a dead cop it's like, whatever yeah, yeah. oh well yeah no big deal <laughs> okay um uh, meanwhile, back at uh, the front page, they're actually somehow Barry's convinced them to even get on stage mm-hmm. and do a show in front of people and sell tickets and everything. Don't know how that happened yeah. because they were all pretty steadfast about not doing it. But he's he's championing and he's got the worst speech ever. Would you get them excited? Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. um, what does he say? He but says the, the newspaper must be put out. Well, yeah, whatever. but he goes through that whole thing where he's like, this has a lot of like uh, facets or something. He keeps saying the same word. Oh, over. yeah. He's mm-hmm. like, you know, we got to get deep, d- dive deep into these facets or whatever. <laughs> he doesn't say facets, yeah, but it's yeah. something yeah. that. Yeah. And uh, and he's like, and 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 that that truth is the newspaper must always come out <laughs> yes. yeah. and uh-huh. uh and someone was like is barry gonna be here and he's like who cares if barry uh, if, Gene. if gene's yeah. gonna be here and he's like who cares if gene's gonna be here and then somebody's like hey gene's here <laughs> and oh, he's like god. oh thank god <laughs> uh, but i like it goes and they're, they're saying true to his character where this is something he's never had to do before and man is he terrible at it mm-hmm. <laughs> so while he's starting to get some other things down he might be a little bit better of an actor and he's certainly more self-assured he's never had to lead the troops in this way before so no. yeah, well, he even self-admittedly when he was he's telling gene that we tried to do this without with try to do a rehearsal without you it was terrible yeah you know mm-hmm. so he's at least being yes. honest about it he's not sitting there going oh that went great he's not like a noho hank when it comes to this type of stuff <laughs> mm-hmm. uh but uh gene uh pretty much nixes the show it, in fact does nix the show <laughs> uh, in the best way. <laughs> yeah he's like he's like uh hi i'm gene kusinow uh i didn't i can't i can't in good conscious uh show i'm gonna cancel the show can't in good conscious show you guys this tonight i didn't do anything with it i can't offer any refunds <laughs> but i can give you a voucher for any of the stuff the merchandise in the in the store uh <laughs> do his book <laughs> yeah his book or yeah, by uh, the way there's a store in this yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah um 
Gene's ready to call it absolute quits. Um, he, he gets the class into the, into the auditorium and he's like, you know, I've, I've, I've had, I've had it. And he says, uh, and Barry's like still trying to champion it and everything. And Gene says, all right, why don't you tell your story in Afghanistan? Because me telling, talking about Janice is the exact same thing. And he's about to walk out. Yeah. Yeah. And that's when Barry goes into his big Afghanistan story. Uh, really important to his development as a killer, obviously. Um, and he tells this story about, uh, a guy who's just by himself, and uh and they really just want to scare that guy mm. but barry's such a lethal badass he kills him and it's not a necessary kill right no. and then there's two other guys who come, come on check on who him. come to check yeah. on him and he blows them away too and this should be devastating in fact he doesn't know how to feel about it right and his buddies are all like oh my god that's sick that's awesome and everything mm. they don't care one bit about these guys and what what's going on whether it's necessary or not um he's telling the story and it's a victory for him in in his in his life like this is when people were just like yeah, yeah. and he's finally like he was finally not a nobody which is what you were what you got the idea that he was this whole time because they say something about he's like quiet yeah, yeah it's all he's quiet he doesn't say anything uh, meanwhile, this is what the show does so great is, is it feels like the truth, but it's not the truth. And this is told by him, by Cousineau sending two terrible actors up to re to like act out what he's saying. And they have their own interpretation and that is accepted as the truth. Yes. And there is so much of that that happens in this show where that's how, you know, with the opening monologue in in season season one episode one where barry tells him the whole you know i was a killer as afghanistan i'm a hitman and all that and gene thinks it's completely improvised because mm -hmm. of course he does because that's all he knows he knows the world as being an actor and he sees everything through that frame they don't have any idea what it's like to be in the military mm -mm. none of them so for them they just think i killed someone this is terrible and they don't realize that there are times in the military when killing someone is great and your buddies are going to think you're awesome yeah. for doing it. Well, that just doesn't happen, you know, in, in acting class. No, and that's nope. when the guy like breaks down, right? Like mm, after yeah. the kill, the actor is is devastated by it, and meanwhile, the actual narrative is going a completely opposite. Yeah, direction. I love the way that that's that's edited, where it's yeah, it's it's done in this. Well, they're chanting Barry Berkman, and meanwhile, what's his name? I can't even remember. I can't remember his name. Is is fake crying on mm, stage? Yeah. It's, it's just because it's, it's awesome. what he would think is what would happen if sure. you were to do that. And, and because Barry is very careful about not wanting to appear to be a psycho and, and, and everything, he's of course going to allow yes. this untruth to happen because what would happen if he said, well, everybody cheered me on and it was the best thing that ever happened to me. Uh, he he would be devastated, and the rest of the class would ostracize mm -hmm. him, which we saw a preview of in the previous season. When, and you know, it's it goes back to this whole thing. Uh, and and, I, and one day maybe I'll be able to construct the words to properly describe it. But the idea that the truth, the actors are searching for the truth, and it's my truth, and all that. Uh, 
sometimes the truth is not what you want no. in these things, especially as a viewer of someone who's watching something. You want to you want to know you want to ha- say that they have complex emotions about it and and that they felt bad when they did this type of thing. That's what you want in, in a hero. Yeah. And when the hero actually when the hero actually was was rather ambivalent and then thought it was the best thing ever that truth is no longer anything anybody wants a lot of time not quite getting to the truth but getting around it that's what gets you your hundred million dollar blockbusters mm-hmm. yeah that's that's you know if you want to get the truth you it might be like an indie film or something well, as, so. as a you know that's uh that's a thing that they explore in the movie the player Oh, yeah. uh, the yeah. Richard E. Grant character in the player is like, uh, he's like, uh, he's like, he tells his story of like this woman who's going to get gassed and she's innocent and everything. And like, you know, the guy comes in too late. The gas bombs have already dropped. She's dead. There's not a dry eye in the house. <laughs> and then like, and then he's, and they're like, okay, well, we're thinking about Bruce Willis or uh, Julia Roberts. And he's like, no Bruce Willis, no Julia Roberts. This is, this is a real story with real people and all that. And by the end of it, it's Bruce Willis and Julia yep. Roberts are in it. Bruce Willis saves Julia <laughs> yep. Roberts, uh-huh. all this. And they're like, uh, and, and, uh, the Cynthia Stevenson character is like, what happened to the ending? You had the perfect ending. And he goes, the reality is that the test audiences hated that ending. <laughs> 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 and, uh, and so that's what you sort of, uh, it's what you're sort of getting into here, right? Uh, the, the truth is not always what we really yeah. want. I keep thinking of it and I love that. Um, but I keep thinking of it in terms of Game of Thrones versus Barry. Two great shows for very, very different reasons. Uh, and then in this, you know, Barry is getting one or two million per episode, where that final episode of Game of Thrones is like 19 million or something. Mm-hmm. And, but, you know, I, I don't know if they're necessarily looking for deep truths in Game of Thrones. Chris, you would be able to speak more on that than I would. I feel like Barry's trying to go to a certain truth with that and maybe isn't as oh, sure. popular yeah, I mean, for that reason. I, so. I, I think Game of Thrones is sort of I mean, it's it's obviously a different show. Um I, I don't I don't necessarily think they're looking for, for truth like, you know they they did if if we want to be philosophical about it, they didn't stay true to the characters in that last season. Um, so if you're, if you're looking for truth in those characters, a lot of that was bullshit at the end and Mm. it was exactly what we did not want. Mm -hmm. Um, I think what most people did not want. Um, but, but Barry, uh, because there's this acting element to the show that searching for truth and everything is a huge part of the show. It's, yeah. uh, it's, it's, it's one of the biggest elements of it. And I, yes. we talked about it. I, we talked about it in the previous season one, uh, podcast is how there's a big difference between trying to act in the real world and acting on stage and then trying to bring real stuff on stage and trying to bring fake stuff in the outside world and how, how all of that ends up being, uh, things that uh, that propel the plot of the show, mm-hmm. um, and that's what happens here. Yeah, and here here we see again where Barry brings something real to the stage, a real story, a real emotion, or whatever, and that's what gets the biggest reaction of people. Not his acting, mm-hmm. but the the realness that he has, which makes people think he's a great actor, which or, or at least a decent actor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, two things about that flashback to the Afghanistan. First of all. I, I, he obviously filmed these these uh, these scenes after the fact because he's he's thinner. 
He's got a different haircut and all that stuff. And you can he's he looks much younger than what he does, you know, when he's playing his 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 character on stage. And it it really takes you back to that it, like his physical transformation really sets the tone for those flashbacks to to make more of an impact, especially later on when you see more of that. Uh so that that's awesome. And it did you get any like whiffs of like jarhead? Uh, during during that thing, a little bit. It was it was very reminiscent of that last scene or one of the last scenes of Jarhead, where Jake Gyllenhaal and Peter Sarsgaard are like lining up to take the shot, and in this they actually do take the yeah, shot. Yeah, the the big thing about Jarhead is how boring war is. Yep. It, it, it's one of the uh, yeah. few uh, movies about war that explores that aspect mm. of it, and uh, and that's and this is sort of the same sort of deal. It's it's guys getting bored. Yeah, and like oh we got I mean we can do this and no one will ever punish us for mm-hmm. it. Uh, so this this big moment on stage gets Gene back, and uh, and he's like, "All right, we're gonna do this. We're gonna do it this way. People are gonna have a story that they want to to tell, and they're gonna get other people to act it out on stage. And uh, we'll see that in the next episode. But uh, that's what happens. And then we go outside, and, yes. and Noho Hank is waiting for him. And uh, and this is the most serious." we've ever seen no ho hank now i love it yeah i love it too i'm a little conflicted about it though because there are parts of that performance there's there's dialogue they put in his mouth that make it still a little funny a st- maybe that maybe the stuff that no ho hank is just that's just the way he is mm, but uh-huh. he still says things in kind of this odd weird manner you know that you could even maybe laugh at even while he's being very serious there's yeah. nothing funny about it he says look I'm the boss now. I can tell the Chechens that you killed Goron. You're dead, so you better go ahead and do this thing for me, or else. And and Barry realizes he and needs- doesn't he threaten the class too? Yeah, yes. the whole class. Yeah, that yeah. Was- and that that's even more than Fuchs at this point. Mm-hmm. I think that's his family, and that's the red line that that he cannot cross. Mm-hmm. They've threatened him before. They've threatened the class before. But like you know, this is. As seriously, he's like, don't fuck with me. It's not polite. And that's kind of like the mm. no-ho Hank uh, type yeah, of spin yeah, yeah. on that. But yeah, he's he's it's so great, man, because Anthony Kerrigan is just fucking phenomenal in this role as normal no-ho Hank. But when he downshifts into this menacing thing, it's it's great. Mm-hmm. I feel he really, at that point, he is dealing with the real crime people back home. Mm-hmm. Like he, you know, he's kind of, he's you know he's a boss he's a mobster but he's not really into it he kind of well he wants to be though he like has imposter syndrome mm-hmm, like he, mm-hmm. he wants to be this bad guy but in this case it's not a threat coming from him yeah yeah if something doesn't happen then they will deal with it now it is serious and that like infects him and it allows him to be serious because i don't think noho hank has it in him to kill the entire uh, yeah, to all yeah. of them. But he's in an but, impossible but the, situation. But the people that he works with does, and he needs Barry to know that. Mm-hmm. I love the way he acted. I love the way that this comes across, and I love that it's still him, and he's still he's using certain Americanisms, and he can't get it quite right. <laughs> he gets certain words not right. Uh, but he's very serious. He gets directly across what he wants. And then the end where he says it's not polite. He is serious. 
he is polite. For him, being polite is a very, very high core value and what you should be as a person. Mm. And it is not polite to disrespect him like that um, and to not go and kill this person. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I love the way that came across where... He allows Barry to do his stuff. You, you think back to the first season where Barry's sitting on the hill and just yelling at him and mad at him when he's having to wait for the bullet from DHL. He's like, I have the shot now. And Hank loves it because Barry's still going to do what Hank wants. Mm-hmm. And he knows that. And you get to that point. He has not told him no, absolutely no. In this point, he has told him no. He's disrespected him. And now he's gone too far. And it's not polite. Mm-hmm. I just thought that was so cool. And then he drives off to that silly music. So I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, we have one one last thing that happens here, and that is the, the detectives find the match between the tooth and the DNA. Um, May goes to Loach and says, you know, we found a connection in Cleveland, Ohio, <laughs> Ohio. And then uh, Loach goes through the whole thing. And once again, Barry, Barry's Facebook page uh, screws everything up. Yep. And uh, he mm-hmm. he uh, does the whole thing where he goes to the Facebook page. And then that grainy shot of him shooting at the lipstick camera. Uh, he's made the connection. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's going to go to Cleveland uh, next. Yeah. So. This show is really rewarding me. You know, I watch this episode last night um second time through it's really been good because i see a lot of things that i didn't see the first time around uh and one we'll get into later episodes with this detective may and and i totally just ignored her first time i watched mm-hmm. but you're watching her again it's like oh that she's really good and she has this this interesting thing we you know thing where she's she's married and has kids but just doesn't really wants to be with on Loach's team and be that teammate and Loach just isn't mm-hmm. just isn't into it. So that's gonna play out a little bit more. And I I just totally missed that. Totally missed it first yeah. time around. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. And there's a yeah, and that the, I can't wait to get into the second episode because yeah. there are so many like callbacks that come up in this second episode. Mm. But um uh but uh yeah uh uh episode one of season two sets up the whole season very nicely yes it does um uh i mean almost everything that happens in this season is set up in this episode yeah yeah exactly yeah they they really have a sense of where they're going early on and it's weird because you 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 read things and you you think about it that season one could have been an entire series, right? Mm-hmm. It ended perfectly. Yes. It ended, you know, on a cliffhanger, but also resolved. Uh, but you could also see if they were going to jump off into a new arc where they were going. And I think this this first episode reassures you that they, they know their shit. They know where they're going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. They really, really. I mean, it is, as they've said in, in, in a lot of places, this is a screenwriter's show. They mm. put so much time into to writing it and putting all these different pieces together like a jigsaw. And and I said earlier, there, there are times when you wish they did things a little bit differently, uh, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's still just great overall. I'm thrilled we're still doing this. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, that'll do it for uh, the season two, episode one. Uh, where can people uh, talk about this episode? Go to Twitter. You, you, you tweeters know how to tweet. Go to Twitter and it's at now starting uh where uh mike will take your questions you can go to soundcloud which is in the the link in the uh, description here 
and give us some comments, man. Let's let's talk. Let's talk about Barry. Let's, mm-hmm. let's, let's rap let's, a bit. Yeah, let's rap. You want to sit down? <laughs> I'll sit with like the back of the chair <laughs> in front of me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> let's rap. Yeah. Um, but uh, that'll do it for this one. It's Chris Atkins and Barrett Share and Mike Pastor. We'll see you next time.